0: Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of Orange Fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz.
1: The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome into this week's Preview Fizzcast. Ian Unsworth and John Eads here talking Syracuse and Liberty. Remember to check out the site at orangefizz.net. ...for all of the Syracuse football coverage you could want. Also, check out the Twitter at OrangeFizz, keeping you guys updated with all the latest Syracuse buzz. You can find our articles on there as well. John, we've got a pretty packed rundown today. we got to talk about Syracuse, obviously, missing DeVito, missing Cisco. And we have to get into Liberty, a team that is actually scary good this year. But, okay, let's just go back to DeVito first. I don't want to get ahead of myself... It's a massive blow losing Tommy DeVito in a season that already looks lost. Now, not having your starting quarterback takes a even larger step back.
0: Like you said, it for any team, it's a big loss to lose your starting quarterback. And uh, unlike, you know, a lot of other programs around the country, Syracuse uh, doesn't bring in and teams, you know, a lot of other teams in the ACC, Syracuse doesn't bring in four-star quarterbacks just... You know, like like they're nothing every single year. So uh, we'll get into this, but the drop-off between our starting quarterback and
1: our backups, uh, not very good. No, not really. Rex Culpepper, I think, is the guy that's next up from everything that Dino said, that the players have said in press conferences this week. It seems like it'll be Rex Culpepper at the helm this Saturday, but I'm not excited to watch Rex Culpepper play football as As much as his story is great and as much as it's awesome to get the seniors some playing time, I'm not excited to watch Rex Culpepper play football this Saturday. And the limited time he's played this season, I don't blame you for not being
0: excited because he hasn't really, and you know, this may not be his fault, you know, like we keep coming back to Sterling Gilbert, Dino Babers. It may not be his fault, but nothing he's done against Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't think he played against North Carolina. Maybe he had a drive or two, but he played at the end there. But he threw a pick. He he okay. did not look great. Yes. So that, and then the time uh, you know last week when Devito went out. Just there's nothing for you to be excited about with him. But we got to put somebody out there, so it'll likely be him.
1: Behind him, though, who do we have in? Well, we've got Dylan Markowitz or Jacobian Morgan, two freshmen that obviously did not expect to play this year. But sheesh, it might be time for those guys to take the reins, John. I I would honestly not be opposed to letting either Markowitz or Morgan, whoever has looked better of the two, get out there and go for it against a team like Liberty that if Syracuse loses, it's going to be disappointing. But honestly, at this point, I don't really care. I just want to see them build for the future. Two true freshmen there, and Markowitz and Morgan, like you mentioned. Uh, Morgan, more
0: of a, a late signee. We kind of stole him there from Jackson State. Uh, oh, yeah. Jackson Deion State. Sanders coaches. And then uh, Markowitz had an offer from Boise State. So, a pretty impressive list. But, yeah, they've only had scout team reps. Nothing much there. And one guy we did forget to mention, uh, David Summers, a redshirt freshman. So, he came in last year with the 2019 class and redshirted. He had an offer. He was actually committed to Maryland, I believe, and then flipped to Syracuse. So uh, another guy who hasn't seen much time, but, you know, might be
1: stepping into a bigger role here going forward. I'm not sure, though. I don't think Dino's going to play these guys. I've just got that gut feeling it's going to be Culpepper this weekend, and Dino's going to ride or die with him for the rest of the season like he did with Clayton Welch last year. And you can't blame him because Dino has said this time and time again. Rex knows the offense.
0: He's been here four or five years it's really just a matter of, you know, he sees
1: what he has to do in his brain. Can he do it physically on the field, you know? I'm, I'm really not sure if he can, and I'm also not sure that he has chemistry with the wide receivers. He's also going to be missing Jawar Jordan, and even though I don't think Jordan would have made much of an impact last weekend against Duke, it's still another missing piece. Dakota Davis still not playing, so Chris Elmore still slotting in at left guard. Uh, we've seen how that's gone. Um, no comment there on the defensive side andre cisco is gone uh thanks ed Hendricks. yeah thanks ed Hendricks. acl injury for cisco probably out for the year and he declared for the draft so he's officially out for the year best of luck to him he's probably going to be a first round pick i hope he is but still backfield mate eric coley is also out so syracuse now missing two upperclassmen safeties And looks like we're relying on the freshmen even more now. Let's throw the names out there. Neil Nunn, Cam Jonas, Rob Hanna, all guys that are going to be relied on to play big roles the rest of this year. And a mixed bag in terms of performance between those guys. I mean, they looked
0: great against Georgia Tech. Hanna had a chance at a couple picks, did ultimately get one. Uh, You know, the young guys surprised for the most part, but then we played Duke
1: and nobody could make a tackle. A lot of missed gaps there. A lot of missed gaps against that Duke offense, John. You wrote a great article for the site about just how atrocious the run defense was last week and Cam Jonas got exposed a couple of times there for just missing his gaps.
0: Yep. Like he was, there was one play in particular. He was right there to make the tackle. Great read coming up to help and run support and he just got... Shimmy,
1: It happens, but it, it just can't happen at the frequency right. that it did against a Duke team that was 0-4 going into the game last weekend, and a Duke team that destroyed Syracuse on the ground. Liberty could certainly do the same, in my opinion. Yeah, between the quarterback, Malik
0: Willis, and the running back, uh, Joshua Mack. I mean, Mack leads the team 359 yards on the ground, Willis right behind him. He, he has 340, which for a quarterback in this day and age isn't you know very surprising. But when you take into account all the sack yards and stuff, I mean that's pretty impressive. Um, and you want to tell us a little bit more
1: about Malik Willis? So Malik Willis from Auburn original, well transferred from Auburn, sat out last year. Uh, of course, Buckshot Calvert was the <laughs> Liberty quarterback last year, but Mil- Willis now fulfilling that role. And as you said, John, 47 rushing attempts this year, second on the team. yards per carry, four touchdowns. Really a game breaker, this guy. They sort of run this Louisville-style pistol shotgun offense. A lot of read option style runs. The running backs pounding up the middle, Joshua Mack or Peyton Pickett. uh, Those guys are both between the tackle backs as both uh, Durant and Johnson were last week. Johnson or Jackson? Jackson, Jackson, yeah. as Jackson Durant were last week, they had absolutely killed the Orange. Pickett and Macwall, while not the same caliber of running backs, could do the same. And Willis is going to be scampering off tackle all day. He's a playmaker and
0: just a gadget for uh, for Hugh Freeze to be using in his RPO offense, which is the same one that practically lit up Bama uh, this past Saturday at Ole Miss, actually Lane Kiffin. But you know that's another discussion for another day. Point is. Willis is going to be a problem for the Syracuse defense, and I kind of touched on it in that same article you mentioned. They like to use him in the read option game. They like to get him out in space, and Syracuse did not show that they could even you know, provide any kind of a test against Chase Bryce, who is no Malik Willis.
1: Absolutely not. Uh, Willis is, has that scamper ability in the pocket, too. He can shake a couple tacklers when defensive linemen are flying at him. He showed that against Florida International, A couple weeks ago, they beat FIU 36-34. In the passing game, Willis doesn't have the, well, I guess the elite quality receiver that the Flames had last year. Antonio Gandy-Golden absolutely ran amok in that Syracuse secondary, but Willis still has a couple of dudes to throw to. DJ Stubbs, the main guy, 17 catches for 14.5 yards a pop, two tutties this year he's only 5'9 but he is super elusive definitely a guy that played in the shadow of agg last year the
0: school's leading receiver but taking on a bigger role this season uh, you mentioned his stats this year last year he had 32 receptions 401 yards and three touchdowns so yeah smaller guy but an elusive guy kind of like a 2-2 Atwell. you know you mentioned louisville's offense uh seems like they like to use him that, in the same fashion good,
1: that's a great comparison yeah
0: so they got DJ Stubbs there, another guy, CJ Yarbrough. Uh, six receptions, 135 yards for him. Not a lot of production outside of Stubbs. So I'm thinking maybe if Sean uh, Tony White rather excuse me, can, you know, game plan to kind of just
1: shut this guy down, uh, that might be uh, that might be something you look to do. Certainly. And I would think Tony White wants to even focus in on more on the running game because that's where Syracuse has struggled over these past two weeks. And Liberty is going to pound the ball on the ground. Malik Willis has only th- uh, completed 48 balls this year. He's thrown 80 passes. Like, some schools will put up... Sam Howell, I'm sure, has th- through 80 one passes. In, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one or two games. So Liberty is going to pound the ball on the ground. Tony White has to get this defense ready to zero in on the line of scrimmage, win those battles in the trenches, and make tackles in the holes. Uh, one more guy to keep an eye out for on special teams, DeMario Douglas. He had a punt return for a touchdown last week against Louisiana Monroe. Of course, that's Louisiana Monroe, but you never know. These special teams guys can have a big impact, especially a punter like Nolan Cooney, who's been excellent this year, but his balls have hang time. DeMario Douglas can settle under that and you know make a few men miss, cause some issues
0: certainly doesn't help having a special teams threat. It makes you think even more. Duke didn't really have one in particular last week. Uh, but like you said, Nolan Cooney's been playing very well. Special teams coverage has been very, very good for Syracuse. Uh, one last point about Liberty's offense. You know, I, just, I think there's something to be said uh, about momentum, especially in college football. Liberty's coming in. They've won four in a row. They've put up 34 points a game, averaging 443 yards per game. Uh, You know, when, when you're rolling like that and you've done it consistently, there's no reason why Liberty doesn't think they can continue to do it and bring that same kind of energy and efficiency to the Carrier Dome.
1: Especially against a Syracuse team that's down bad. Got whooped last week, now missing their best player. Liberty certainly has the momentum riding into this game. That's why they're a favorite in Vegas and probably around many mines in the Northeast. And they've outgained their opponent in every single game. I don't see why Liberty can't do that here. I'd hope they don't, but at the same time, it's a real possibility. Certainly. So that's the Liberty offense, kind of the
0: guys they're going to look to, the guys that could uh, give Syracuse a hard time on Saturday. Now let's talk about defense. And, you know, Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss, his defenses weren't particularly good. It was mainly an offensive uh, track meet, kind of like the Big even 12. Even
1: though Hugh Freeze had some great recruits down there in, a, in Hottie Toddyville.
0: Yes, Yes, good recruits, just lack of production. But to his credit, he's brought in a good defensive coordinator, and they've produced well this year, Scott Simons. And this is a team, this is a Liberty defense, Ian, that had eight sacks against Syracuse last year. And, I mean, that may not be very uh, impressive, but, <laughs> I mean, because it seems like every team's getting eight sacks against Syracuse, but especially for Liberty, that's, that's pretty impressive.
1: Well, the Syracuse O-line hasn't really changed that much. Have they and no. while they, I'd say Syracuse on the O line has been half and half. They've looked great at times, and other times, like the second half against Duke, they've just been absolutely rant getting ran through. Aaron Service is the main main culprit, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Chris Rumpf beat him cleanly off the line of scrimmage a couple times last week, and Liberty has some dudes that could do that as well. Trayshawn Clark on one edge, Darrell Dur- Johnson on the other, combined well. Darrell Johnson has five sacks this year. Clark had four and a half in 2019. And
0: already a sack and a half this year. So they're really deep on the defensive line. And then moving back a little bit, their linebacking corp is really good as well. Seems like their front seven in just totality is very veteran, very experienced, and very good. you got the Rover, Javon Scruggs, the same position Andre Cisco played. Well, played, I guess, now. Uh, two picks last year, already won this year. And then the, the real playmaker, the guy that's going to be making all the plays for Liberty, Anthony Butler, the Mike linebacker, leads the team. 27 tackles,
1: a sack, and two picks. So he's kind of just everywhere. He's going to be everywhere. Charlotte transfer, right? Am I right on that? I, b- I believe so. They have, they have one linebacker that came from Charlotte and is now... One of their best, one of their best tacklers on the defensive side, but it's a defense that hasn't really played anybody. I mean, if we're thinking Florida International, all right, Charlotte transfer Anthony Butler confirmed, correct. I'm glad I did my fact check there. <laughs> but let's get back to this Liberty defense. Haven't really played anybody. Have not really played anybody. I'm not counting right. Louisiana Monroe or North Alabama as real opponents. Florida International, okay, yes, maybe. In Western Kentucky, okay, Tyrell Pigram, you know, former Maryland quarterback there, but still just, I'm, I'm not impressed with any of this competition that Liberty's played to where I'm seriously ready to judge their defense. On the flip side of that, though, you know,
0: they have played, you know, uh, inferior Uh, opponents but they've put up good numbers they're only allowing 18 points per game 260 total yards 155 passing 104 rushing they have 13 sacks and four picks this season so you know you can't really especially this year you can't really decide the team you're going to be playing on saturdays all you can do is go out there and play your best to put up impressive numbers so are you calling those numbers impressive enough to be dominant Uh, i'd say so for liberty I mean, 13 sacks in four games and just over 100 rushing yards
1: per game, is, I think is pretty impressive. All right. Well, we'll see if Liberty can actually stop the Syracuse offense. Sean Tucker, after a pretty slow day last weekend, surely looking to get that momentum back and rolling. John, let's move to Vegas. Liberty, as we mentioned earlier, a 3.5-point favorite over under 52.5. What are your predictions for this Saturday, oh man, these aren't due till Thursday night. <laughs> no, uh,
0: whew. well, let's kind of talk through it a little bit. So, obviously, this is a this is a huge game for both schools. For Liberty, you know, you're getting a paycheck to come here and play, and they're not just here for the paycheck, Ian. They think they can win this game, and this would be a huge win for that program, move them to five and zero on the season. Probably confirm a, a bowl bid. I'm, I'm not sure. It's kind of confusing how it works this year, but. Uh, that would be a huge win, the The second half of the home-and-home schedule against a very good opponent. You mentioned they haven't really played anybody. Well, this is an opponent, well, mind you, injury-riddled with some clout. And on the other side for Syracuse, th- this would be a loss to a very inferior opponent and would drop the Orange to 1-4. And, um, and I know a lot of us didn't think this game would even happen, but... You can't be losing to Liberty, especially not in, what is this, year, year five of Dino here?
1: Yeah, John, it might be year five of Dino Babers, but it's time to start looking ahead to year six. No matter if Rex Culpepper plays amazingly at quarterback this year, Syracuse isn't going to finish out this season the way most fans had hoped. It's time to get the young guys going, throw the ball to Anthony Queeley throw it to Courtney Jackson, give Sean Tucker the ball as much as possible, even though I said... I said beforehand, we should be limiting Sean Tucker's carries. No, it's about time to saddle him with the reins to this offense because next year, with a maybe first-year starting quarterback, if DeVito can't go for some reason, still has to recover from his injury, Sean Tucker's going to have to carry the load. Even with DeVito at the starting quarterback, I want Sean Tucker carrying the load because DeVito can't do it by himself. So Dino Babers, Sterling Gilbert start looking towards the future Get your young players involved. It's worked on defense. I hope it can work on offense. And Syracuse has
0: had to play a lot of the younger players by default because of the injuries. I mean, look at the defensive secondary. Uh, And you mentioned Tucker. He had 12 carries for 53 yards against Duke last week. Kind of a lone bright spot. He also, though, had two catches for 37 yards. So he kind of showed
1: he can be a receiving threat in the absence of Jawar Jordan. No Jordan this week, obviously, either. Let's, Let's get back to Liberty. In terms, in terms of this game as a whole, if Syracuse can't stop the run, which I honestly don't think they can, it it might be another long, disappointing day for the Orange faithful, and I could I could see Liberty pulling this one out. Yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm gonna put a score on it, let's go Liberty Liberty twenty eight Syracuse twenty. I I think it's a close game throughout. But at the same time, Liberty's going to chew up a lot of clock running the ball. Won't do much through the air. I think Stubbs might burn them on a couple gadget plays, jet sweeps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he won't get that many targets, especially with Trill on him. And but, and no matter what Liberty does, Syracuse just can't move the ball. It's, it's going to be a struggle all day to score. It's going The offense is going to have to rely once again on the defense for field position. Yeah, I agree
0: for the most part. I think Syracuse covers, but I think Liberty uh, wins by a field goal. This game kind of reminds me of Liberty-Baylor from 2017, I want to say. Just very back and forth, up and down uh, the field. I'm thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 27-24, 24-21, something like that.
1: Um, What does Syracuse need to do to win? For Syracuse to win? For Syracuse to win... Sean Tucker has to have the game of his life and Rex Culpepper needs to find every single receiver at least twice. Rex Culpepper needs to complete at least complete one pass to six different receivers for Syracuse hmm. to have a chance to win this game. I think that's doable. Taj
0: Harris will get a couple. You got Anthony queeley, Nikeem Johnson, Luke Benson, Aaron Heck. We finally saw Luke Benson get involved last week, but Culpepper is fully capable of running that play that Benson scored a touchdown on that play action fake, just dump it off to Benson in the flat. I mean, if Culpepper can just stick to the game plan, be a game manager, don't make mistakes, I think uh I think we could have a chance. And like you said, give
1: give Tucker his dose, right? But but can Culpepper throw that seventy nine yard strike down the sideline? Hey, we'll take a little bit of that too. Ooh, d I, I don't think I don't think Rex has the cannon like that. That, that was pure arm talent from DeVito. But that, was, that was a crazy throw. Probably the best yeah. play we're going to see all year out of the Syracuse <laughs> offense. But, uh, John, anything else before we wrap this one up? Um, well, just a couple other score predictions,
0: I guess, to give the viewers, you know, what other people are thinking. Uh, listeners, rather. Uh, Athlon, who we bring on every week, has Liberty winning 28-17. And College Football News, another online publication, has Syracuse winning 27-24. Um, and Ian, what's our, we're starting to do this, uh,
1: trivia, uh, thing weekly here. So what's our trivia of the week? So trivia of the week, what conference was Liberty in before joining the FBS as an independent Fizz Factoid of the Week? Liberty was in the Big South from 2002 to 2017 in the FCS. Thank you so much for listening to this week's, uh, Fizz Preview podcast john eads i'm ian unsworth saying thank you for listening once again and go orange